It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Zealand Meats, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, SW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Ice Sports Custom Fish Houses, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome into this week's show. We've got a lot to cover. These are obviously strange times that we're living in right now, and the uh, COVID-19 has actually caused Rainy River to shut down. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk a little turkey hunting, some shed hunting with Brent Beimer with Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, crappie and perch fishing being done, and a whole lot more. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick off the show with our Lake and Field segment, brought to you by Oars and Mine in Crosby. Oars and Mine can set you up with a full line of live bait and tackle, propane fill, the perfect ice house, and even make informed suggestions on where to drill your holes. Don't hit the Cuyuna Country ice until you hit Oars and Mine on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we kick the show off with our local report. Nate Blazing joins us from S&W Guide Service, and uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk to Nate about this week uh, with everything kind of being... You know, the way it is, Nate, uh, we're kind of playing catch-up a little bit, and at the same time, every day is a new day and a new challenge. But um, as far as people wanting to get outside and do a little ice fishing, that's a, that's something we can still do and keep our social distance that way, you know. And uh, the lakes still, you, you said uh, foot traffic could probably be the best way to go, but uh, there's still some ice out there. Yeah, there is. Uh Stuff is changing fairly fast as we're getting some of this rain and the warm temps. Stuff is starting to deteriorate a little bit, but your overall ice condition on the main um, lake portion is pretty darn good. As of yesterday evening, I still had, you know, close to two and a half feet of pretty good ice, no honeycombing yet. The shorelines are starting to deteriorate a little bit. I did take my wheeler out, but, you know, again, as that changes day-to-day walking probably is your your safest bet but for right now conditions were pretty good there was a little water on top of the ice but uh, starting to see a little swirling going down the hill holes but it was still overall pretty darn good conditions and when i if you mentioned there's that water starting to swirl down the holes and stuff i would imagine the fishing has been pretty good yeah i i can't complain here basically the last week and a half i've probably got to do more panfish fishing than i usually have gotten to for quite a while and um overall i'd say i've been very pleasantly surprised it is that time of the year um I, you know i don't know if it's due to the runoff or this that time of the year but the panfish definitely are getting pretty active um again kind of using brighter colored jigs and again i touched on this the last time my best success has been on my walleye gear i use a small buckshot rattle spoon lindy flyer and tip that with a minnow head and been catching really nice crappies and sunfish just using that rig so it's been you know not too distant from what i use for the walleye stuff you know and right here in the immediate brainerd lakes you know you've got gull you've got north long you've got pelican um you've got round lake and even if you want to venture over to Malax, there can be some really good crappie fishing over there too um is, are you better off on the bigger bodies of water, Nate? Or, you know, we always say this time of year and in most recent years, get out the map and do a little exploring. Are some of those smaller lakes in pretty good shape too? Yeah, I've been kind of concentrating on the smaller lakes. Uh, to tell you the truth, I just haven't had the time to get to the big lakes. And I would say it's the same for the big lakes. Um, again, if you can find green vegetation, I think that is your key for no matter what lake you're on right now for that oxygen level. Um 
the few lakes that I've been exploring, it's all been when you find some green vegetation, whether it's coontail or cabbage, there's going to be fish by it. So that's kind of been the key. Um, again, a lot of people using the cameras. So if you drill a bunch of holes, just stick that camera down. And, you know, if you don't see anything, just keep moving on because uh, they're not going to spook from that camera for the panfish for the most part. The sunfish actually seem to be attracted to it. So that's a good way to cover some ground um, just to look for a starting point. If you don't see fish, move on until you see some. One of the things I may be thinking about doing this weekend is go out and see if I can find some perch somewhere. Any advice for me? Uh, I haven't heard a whole lot on the perch side of things. Again, I'm guessing it's it's about that time for Winnie and Leech. Um, I'm still hearing a few nicer fish that are coming from, like, the gull area, but I think there's not a whole lot of guys targeting them. The main target that I've heard out on gull still has been the eel pout stuff, but I have heard of a few guys getting some really nice perch out there. Again, don't know necessarily how many numbers there are, but just, you know, a few here or there kind of a thing. The powder, I mean, are they starting to slow down somewhat, or are we still kind of in that prime time for them? I think we're just on or off the, the prime time bite. You're still going to get some fish if you go out and put the time in. Um, but it's, it seems like they're on the tail end or just got done spawning. So, yeah, we're kind of just getting over that. So, so that's locally. Uh, let's head north because, you know, spring, a lot of people this time of year start thinking about Rainy River and heading up that way. Um, not going to happen this year. That's something that came out here not too long ago. You've been kind of following along that story, too. What can you tell us? Yeah, it's, you know, kind of hearing a lot of the stuff on social media and then from actually the, the counties, Puchishin County, I think it was yesterday, announced that they're closing down all the county-owned public ramps, which is the vast majority of them. Um, that was a county board decision. And then also uh, Baudette, the city of Baudette, it sounds like with the resorts up on Lake of the Woods, decided to close their ice roads and accesses too. So that is kind of a big deal because I think, you know, the Rainy Rivers, what a lot of folks um, look forward to in the spring to kind of get in between the ice fishing and open water season. Um, not saying I agree or disagree with that because there's so much going on there, but that was a announcement that was made and a lot of people are talking about that. So it's kind of a, a real controversial point, but again, I can see both sides of it. So yeah, it sounds like no rainy river early season this year, so that's a big deal. It sure is. And for those that haven't been following along, uh, the reason for that, uh, Nate, was it because of this COVID-19 thing, or has that got some, you know, that doesn't really have as much to do with it? Well, I think that was the main point of emphasis, just because it is so popular that you have such a mass of people that show up, and they're coming from, you know, not only all over the state, but from multiple states, and... Um, you know, I heard the comparison, well, why wouldn't they shut down other lakes or so forth? But it's a little different in my mind. And again, not saying I'm right on that, but if you've ever been up there when you have thousands of people and literally a mile of traffic, there is quite a bit of interaction. So that was one of the reasons that it sounded like they decided to make that decision. Again, whether there's more behind it or not, I can't speak to that, but that was the way they kind of voiced it. You know, and they say, you know, the social distancing, six feet is is the minimum. And I, I'll be honest with you, I've seen photos up there, and a lot of times boats aren't much further apart from that, if not less. Right. And then not only just the fishing part of it, it's, you got to take into account all the rest that goes up when you're traveling, whether it's, you know, all the people that are going to the gas stations, restaurants are closed right now, but hotels and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's just trying to minimize that whole interaction 
um, you know, I got to say, this weekend I've been trying to be very careful on the social distancing thing, and I was out on the lake, and I had three guys on the floor who like come drive right up to my feet, and the guy got right up next to me and started talking to me, and I literally started backing up with my line still down the hole just trying to get some distance, and he kind of made a <laughs> comment about, what, are you trying to social distance? I'm like, darn right I am. Yep. So, kind of an <laughs> odd situation. Sure, I bet. Um, on the lighter side of things, you actually even went a little further north than that and did a trip up on Lake Winnipeg. That's also a dis- destination uh, this time of year, too. How'd that go for you? It was awesome, Brian. We've been doing it for quite a few years now. Um, we left on a Wednesday and we're going to come back on a Monday, and then I think it was Friday, um, the guide that we go with for two days said they start talking about closing the border. So we ended up cutting our our trip a day short, but overall it was probably our best trip in terms of numbers and size of fish. It's just it's an unbelievable fishery, and those fish, they call the, the big walleyes greenbacks up there because they got a green hue to them from the minerals in the water, but it was awesome. My dad got the biggest. I think he got a... 30 and a quarter and then a 28 and a half um in the group we were with the one day i think they had close to 10 fish over 28 inches up to 32 inches so just phenomenal different species of fish the the makeup of them the build of them you're talking 11 12 pound fish and uh, the way you fish up there is just different than we do around here you're using lipless rattle baits and almost like a daredevil spoon you're jigging in the water so it's it's really fun it's aggressive fishing and just crazy sizes of fish so if you haven't did it uh you really should try it sometime and actually as the walleye alliance we're talking about getting one of the guides from up there to come and speak locally just so people get a little more information on that in the near future it's a pretty deep water fishing no it's it's kind of i'd compare it to like a red lake upper red lake it's more of a basin um, you're looking at four to five foot of ice and you're fishing anywhere from three feet of water under the ice to probably the deepest, you're about 15 feet. So considerably, you know, compared to the Brainerd Lakes area, there's no structure really. And you're just kind of randomly finding a spot and you just keep moving at a mile or two to find different schools of fish. So it's kind of throwing a dart and hoping you get lucky kind of a thing, trial and error, cover some ground. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people that have gone up there. One of the things they really like about it is the fact that that's such a vast body of water. Um, there's not a lot of crowding up there, like you were just saying about the guy that got next to you. Um, you're kind of on your own a lot of times up there. Yeah, there, there is so much water, but I would say it is pretty amazing because you look out and this this lake is just absolutely huge. I mean, it makes Malax look tiny and Again, there's nothing real special, but once people figure out if someone's on a bite, you know, it's kind of like the seagulls. Next thing you know, you're surrounded. So you still got to be kind of secretive and quiet if you want that spot to yourself. Um, the second day we were up there, um, some other folks had figured out we were on fish. And next thing you know, we had literally 50 people kind of in a ring surrounding us. So um, word travels fast. People watch. And, <laughs> you know, I think that's just typical for fishing nowadays. Not that I necessarily like that, but uh, I still believe in, you know, giving people respect and giving some, some space and kind of figure out your own thing that's part of the fun of fishing. But uh, that's just kind of goes with the territory, I guess. Yeah. One last thing, Nate, before we let you go, I know you're really busy. Um, you mentioned the Walleye Alliance and you've got an upcoming banquet that was scheduled for April the 23rd. Is that basically in a holding pattern right now? Can you speak to that? 
It is, Brian. Um, we've been talking about it as a board for the last couple of weeks, trying to monitor the situation and, you know, see what would happen. This is a pretty big deal for us since this is our primarily our only fundraiser for the entire year. Um, so we were hoping, if at all possible, to have that. But with all the recent developments, uh, we kind of came to the conclusion that it's just not going to be feasible to have on the 23rd of April. So um, we haven't made a formal announcement yet, but I will tell you right here, our April 23rd banquet as of right now is not going to happen. Uh, we're looking at options whether to postpone or cancel. The leading candidate kind of right now seems to be maybe to reschedule it and team it up with our winter seminar that we do and kind of do one big thing like that just so we can get people together and kind of go through the fishing stuff and, you know, get some prizes out to people. But more to come on that. We're, we're kind of working on that on a daily basis. So Just follow the uh, Walleye Alliance Facebook page. I'm sure people will get information there. Absolutely. And then for the folks that have already registered online, we're going to, you know, be in contact with them to see if they want a refund or if they just want to carry it over till when we have the event. So we should be able to get in contact people here sooner than later if things maybe slow down on the COVID-19 front, we'll get a chance to kind of follow up on that shortly. There you go. That's Nate Blazing with S&W Guide Service. Uh, and Nate, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I know you're really, really busy with other things outside of the outdoors world, but uh, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, we'll talk to you real soon, okay? Sounds good, Brian. Take care and we'll talk to you soon as well. All right, when we come back, we'll head up north, talk to Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. He's got more on Rainy River and doing some fishing up there, and we'll talk some turkey with Matt as well when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Whether it's for fun, sport, or hunting, if you love to shoot, you know it's important to go to a gun shop that has everything you need. That's Freedom Firearms in Brainerd. Freedom Firearms isn't a huge gun shop, which means Russ, the owner, attends to his customers. They carry rifles, shotguns, pistols, suppressors, distance precision rifles, plus ammo and accessories and gunsmithing. Plus, they offer $25 transfer fees. Buy, sign, or trade at Freedom Firearms, two blocks east of the historic water tower between Little Caesars and O'Reilly. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And we head north to Bemidji and talk to our good friend Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service. And Matt, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the theme. Everybody says uh, trying times right now and even in the outdoor industry. I mean, it's it's got to be affecting you too, huh? Why, did something happen? <laughs> I, I live in the woods. I don't watch the news. Something going on? No, it's uh, yeah, crazy times. Like we were talking off air, it's like we're living in a dream. So yeah, instead More of, like a ni- nightmare, I guess. Right. Instead of living the dream, we're living in a dream. So, But right. um, yeah, I mean, tell me a little bit about, because we'll get into talking some fishing here in just a bit and, and uh, maybe even a little hunting, but um, how has this affected you as a guide? Um, I mean, did you find a lot of people canceling out here the last couple of weeks obviously you know it's uh portables only up on the lakes right now but um is how do you think this is affecting the outdoor industry well i mean to put it into perspective i typically am fielding you know several the dozens of calls a day um and since this whole scare hit i have gotten one request for a guide trip and it was someone who said 
don't worry, I don't have COVID, and I'm uh, I'm not scared. So if you're w- willing to take me fishing, I want to go. Um, but that's one call that I've gotten in like almost three weeks. So um, fortunately, my phone hasn't been ringing with people canceling bookings that they made for the summer. So that uh, tells me that people, you know, while you know, while a lot of people may be scared and whatever. Um, people are still optimistic. Um, otherwise, maybe I'm just the last thing on their mind, which either, either way, I'll take it. But uh, yeah, I mean, the guiding guiding is basically, you know, it's basically at a, at a standstill right now. Uh, tourism is obviously at a standstill. Uh, resorts are hurting, bait shops are hurting. Um, I, I encourage everyone, if you're going to stay at home, um, you know, you're going to stay at home, I guess, but if you're going to get out, you should be outside and you should be doing things like fishing or walking or checking the woods. It's a great time to start looking for sheds. Turkey season is coming up and uh, we're in the best part of the fishing, ice fishing season right now. So um, lots of fresh air. <laughs> get out and enjoy it. For sure. Do you think some of those cancellations, or not cancellations, but uh, having your phone be as quiet as it is, Matt, is the fact that they have shut down Rainy River? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't guide on rain, rainy anymore, but I, I was, obviously I'm up there a lot. Um, you know, we, we usually go up and either stay at the cabin or stay at sportsman's and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm usually up there for, uh, at least a few days at a minimum. Um, and sometimes there's years where I've been there for two weeks straight and, you know, I, I get to know a lot of the people that are on the river and everybody recognizes my boat that knows me. And, um, I've been getting a lot of, uh, a lot of people asking me questions about rainy after the closure. And, uh, it's going to be, going to be really strange. I, I understand the concept behind it all, especially coming from, uh, healthcare and everything, but, um, but it, it's a really weird decision. And, uh, and I have a feeling there's a lot of people trying to find some workarounds, and I've already heard rumors of people um, finding workarounds to to try to get on the river. But uh, yeah, a lot of questions behind it, and and not a lot of answers aside from uh, what we have in front of us, I guess. Were you shocked when you heard the news on that? I was. Um, it, I don't know. It, like I said, I understand it from. A healthcare perspective, but uh, at the same time, it's something that is gigantic and and important to to pretty much everyone who's uh, knows anything about fishing that lives, you know, within ten hours of here. Um, they they pretty much know the Rainy River and and they want to be there. And but at the same time, you literally at times will be within six feet of people. Um, while you're fishing on the river, so um, so I understand it, and the the crowding at the at the boat ramps is incredible, and the amount of uh, amount of people you come in contact with uh, just on the river itself, and at the access and walking to and from your vehicle, stuff like that. So so I understand it, but uh, but yeah, it still was a little shocking. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be a tremendous impact on the economy up there because of the you know there's a lot of people up there this time of year. Which is also, like you said, why we get why they did what they did. So, right. Uh, yep. It's kind of a we get both sides, you know. And so, um, yep. yep. So hopefully things will uh, 
progress there once we get through some of this. But uh, in the meantime, Matt, if people, like you said, want to get out and do a little ice fishing, now is a good time to do that. How's your conditions up there? Here it's, uh, you know, probably just foot traffic. I've seen a few people out on four-wheelers. Uh, what about up by you? Yeah, quads and sleds are still good. Um, I, I looked at the forecast, actually, uh, shortly before uh, before you called, and they're talking like 53, 55 Sunday and Monday. So, um, you know, if, if those days are sunny with uh, the heat of the sun right now, it's going to really deteriorate those accesses. But the lakes themselves, um, the ice ice conditions are still pretty good. So it's uh, it's one of those things. If you can get out onto the main lake, you're you're probably going to be safe and you're probably going to be fine. Um, you know, but always use caution, obviously. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, one of my guys was out yesterday and he was out for like an hour and 40 minutes and he caught like 50, 50 bluegills and crappies. And he's like, eh, scratch the itch. I, I was ready to go home. And there wasn't a soul on the lake. He said he was the only one out there. So, and I asked this to Nate earlier in the show, would you be better off or maybe going and finding, getting a map out and going to find a small lake or a bigger body of water might be, uh, that your better bet. Either one. Um, as far as I can tell from driving around and looking and, uh, from what I'm hearing, they're all empty. <laughs> uh, just, there aren't a lot of people out and, uh, and the bite is, it's going to be good everywhere. I mean, places like Leech and, and Bemidji and some of the bigger bodies of water, you know, they're pumping out perch really well right now. I had a client, um, long time client come up uh what day was that monday he came up just for the day and went out on his own on bemidji um he's been coming up for many years so he didn't need any help from me he knew exactly where to go and and he got a limit of perch and went home so it's it's good you just uh you know you got to find find a way to get yourself to get out there people are still going after pout a little bit too around here matt um you know I'm kind of thinking we're not quite in that heart of it right now. We're on the downside of that. Um, would you say the same thing up by you? The daytime bite exists right now. So, you know, we're pretty pretty close to the center, and we might it might be starting to get closer to post-spawn, but right now you can still get out and do, do well, and right now is one of the only times of the year when you can actually get them during the day with some consistency. So if you're a pout fisherman, uh, it's a good time right now, so. Now, on the hunting front, you mentioned turkeys. Um, that's coming up here April 18th, turkey season opener. Uh, you pretty excited about that? You seeing some birds up by you? Yeah. Um, wife woke me up the other day. I was I went to bed in kind of a crabby mood, and she said, she woke me up and said, you're going to be happy this morning. The turkeys are gobbling. So <laughs> um, so we got we got birds gobbling here here at the farm and uh, and seeing them you know, randomly here and there. So everything's kind of starting to come out of the deep woods and starting to show their faces a little bit. And, and I'm really excited. Um, one of my turkey seasons actually got canceled. Um, I, I, I signed up for a tribal hunt and the tribe isn't allowing anybody in, which I understand. So um, had to cancel one of those. And then uh, we were going to go to Oklahoma and chase Rios, but obviously I'm not hopping on a plane. And I I don't know that I want to drive to Oklahoma and stay in a hotel. So it's, uh, like I said, it's a different world right now. It's weird times. Sure is. Uh, but uh, like you had said, uh, if you can get outside and 
get some fresh air and maybe get a little fishing in or take a walk in the woods, this is a really good time to do that. It's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check him out at northcountryguides.com and all over social media. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Uh, Good luck up there. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Sounds good. All right, when we come back, speaking of taking a walk in the woods, we'll talk to Brent Beimer with Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, and he says while doing that, you can uh, increase your chances of getting a deer this fall. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about shed hunting as well when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we head out to uh, Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop and talk to Brent Beimer out there and uh, a lot to talk to with Brent this week as well as everybody really because uh well there's just a lot going on and then again there's not a lot going on <laughs> it's kind of an odd time Brent how how you doing out there Well we're we're surviving yet we're still open as of now but we'll have to see what the future looks like here um the you know the outdoor stores and uh, sounds like that we're in that category of uh having to shut down but we also, this winter, started renting Penske trucks, so that also makes us an essential store because those trucks still have to go and they have to move. And so there's kind of a, you know, catch-2020 there. We are kind of open, but yet if nobody's out running around, why are we going to be in the store all the time? Right. Yeah. Well, interesting. Um and one of the things, too, and we're going to get into talking about some turkey hunting because that's uh, April 18th is when that opens up. Um, so we'll talk about that and what deer hunters can do out in their woods now to get them prepared for the fall. But the first thing I did want to touch on, this was supposed to be the weekend of your expo, Brent, that you have each and every year out there. And uh, obviously you're not going to have it. Um, like a lot of the outdoor shows and everything are all being canceled for obvious reasons. Um, but yours, you're going to have yours in the future, right? We are. We're, uh, we're going to plan a later date. We just don't know exactly what it is yet. Um, you know, we don't know how long all of this is going to hold everything up. Um, but we're still going to have the antler scores come out when they're available to do it. And, you know, just a a little hunting expo, huge sales and uh, customer appreciation. And after everybody being cooped up for a while, I'm hoping it'll be a good show. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I, I'm sure people will be ready and raring to go, so probably be well attended. So if people want to monitor when that date may come, uh, when you reschedule it, just watch your Facebook page and obviously hang out here at Brainerd Outdoors, and we'll have you on and let, you, let everybody know as well. Yeah, and we'll advertise it on uh, radio stations like crazy and, and yeah, our Facebook page. And, and um, I don't know when it's going to be. Uh, Hopefully soon. Yeah. Well, every day's got new news, so you just never know at this point in time. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed that that's coming up sooner than later. Um, You know, this weekend is supposed to be halfway decent weather-wise, especially Sunday. If people want to get out, and one of the things that we can still do is we're into this shelter mode, as they're calling it. Um, You can get out, walk around in the woods a little bit. And you and I were talking off air, Brent, outside of shed hunting, uh, which a lot of people like to do. Um, they can just really kind of get a gauge on what their woods looks like after this winter and maybe start to see what the deer have been doing and get them ready for fall. Absolutely. You know, what I like to do this time of year when there's still a little snow on the ground is get out and check trails, um, go back in places that I don't necessarily go into in the, in the fall season because uh, I don't want to bump a, 
a buck or a deer out of its uh, bedding area and uh, get back in there and look at what the woods will tell you. You know, you can tell where the trails are. You might find a lot more rubs or a, a area where they scraped a lot or something, you know, and just pick your woods apart a little bit better. And with us, you know, with the sun shining, we're losing snow. It is getting easier to walk in the woods. Uh, for a while there, it wasn't so much fun, but it's getting better. It's, you know, the the ground is starting to show itself in a lot of places. So it's just a perfect time of the year to get out and uh, do some looking. It can definitely give you a gauge on where you might want to put your food plots, right? Yeah, you know, you just get out there, take a look. Um, you might uh, have a spot that maybe needs a little bit more clearing that you overlooked and and really just look at your woods and, and see what the tracks and trails tell you and, and then uh, just take some notes and get ready for the upcoming food plot season. If people see trails out there, Brent, that they see have been heavily used throughout the winter, because like you said, you can tell right now it's still some snow out in the woods, um, are those trails probably going to be manned and used heavily in the fall too? Obviously, it all depends upon where the food source and the water source is, but do deer alter their travel plans, I guess is a, a weird way to put it, uh, you know, throughout the year, and does that evolve, and then fall, everything could be completely different? It can be, um, to a point, but usually a good trail is a good trail. Um, but it does depend on what the food source is, you know. If you had beans one year, and uh, that's going to be, of course, that's going to be an early season trail to the beans and if the beans are all wiped out and combined out or whichever you know those trails might not show up because uh the deer maybe vacated that area but if you had corn you know there's a lot of corn standing yet this year and in different stuff and um a lot of times with the you know if you got a cornfield or something in there by you um those trails are good all through the hunting season and all into the late season but it just tells you, you can read your woods so much better this time of the year um, than in the fall when you don't want to disturb stuff. So to answer your question, yes, they can be um, year-round or also, too, it could be a, a late winter feeding area. But it's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, come December, you might need to move to that area where the deer are maybe herded up a little bit more, yarded up. You know, it's a good place to take a note for, for late-season hunting. That's what I was just going to say. Don't be afraid to take notes while you're out there. Absolutely. Um, I always try to put them down on paper or something in the phone or whatever. It's pretty simple to do nowadays when you get your phone in your pocket. You can put it right in your notes and, and have it in there. So Yeah. If people are out shed hunting, Brent, maybe they're not, you know, they're new to it a little bit. Um, what do you want to look for when you're doing that? You want to look for where the deer were in December, January, February. Um, you know, because like my woods, for instance, this year, we didn't have a lot of food. Uh, we had some wolf issues. The deer basically vacated my area. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time in my woods looking for shed antlers because I know there wasn't any deer there much um, come January and February. I'm going to look for areas where the deer were yarded up and on a feeding source and then just get into, you know, where they may be bedded. You know, they bed in pine trees a lot because it's typically about 10 degrees warmer in pine trees. There's typically less snow in and around the pine trees. Um, it's just easier and more comfortable for them to 
to hang out for the day. Um, and then, of course, trails leading to the food source, uh, fence crossings where they maybe jump a fence. Um, you know, a lot of guys will find them uh, in and around the fence crossings where they jump that and uh, bounce their antlers off their head. And don't be afraid to take your dog with you because uh, who knows, maybe it's not trained because a lot of dogs are trained to look for sheds. I mean, that's a sport. Um, but who knows, maybe your dog instinctively, and you didn't even know it, knows what to look for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, typically, guys that have dogs that are shed dogs, they, they'll they find way more antlers than a human will. I mean, it's it's amazing what shed dogs can do. I mean... I've talked to people where, they, you know, a guy might find one shed, but his dog found ten. You know, they can cover so much more ground quicker than we can, and the, their nose just, you know, their nose works, and, and they know how to find them. It's pretty pretty wild with a good shed dog. Yeah, so it's good exercise for you and your dog, actually. Um, how do you think the deer came out of this winter, Brent? Uh, it's probably a little tough to gauge that right now, but, you know, we the late winter wasn't all that bad, but uh, a good portion of it, a lot of deep snow. We had some cold weather, two things that uh, aren't really good. Yeah, you know, uh, one thing, like you said, we did have some decent temps. So when it's warmer out, they don't burn as much energy. They don't, uh, you know, they're not struggling as hard. Yes, the snow was deep. That was pretty tough on them. Had we gotten more snow and, and been frigid, below zero temperatures, that could have been a lot harder on them, but I think they wintered for the most part um, fairly well. I haven't been out much yet, um, I, but I haven't heard of any, you know, drastic areas where they're finding dead deer or anything like that. So I think they, I think they wintered pretty well this year, even with the deep snow and stuff. But like I say, the temps were temps were fairly decent for the most part. So there you go. On the deer front now, coming up here uh, April 18th is the turkey opener. Uh, I don't really foresee that being canceled. <laughs> uh, I although, certainly hope not. Yeah, you just <laughs> you never know. Like I said, every day is different. But, um, you know, that's something, you know, once again, you can get out in your woods. And if you are out there uh, this weekend doing a lot of things you just talked about, you can also scout for turkeys because that's coming up here real soon. Yep, we've uh, I've been hearing some turkeys. Uh, people have been seeing some turkeys, and they're already starting to strut in the fields a little bit and different stuff. And and uh, it's not far away. And the more snow we lose, and the more sun that's out, the more those birds are going to start breaking up and and running around. Um, I was a little worried with the turkeys as far as the depth of the snow and stuff, but by the sounds of it, they did all right too. And uh, you know, we had such a huge red oak acorn crop last year i mean it was crazy how many red oaks were out there and uh sounds like they did pretty well right now they're still kind of grouped up so when you find one you're going to find a few and um and then like i say they will start coming out into the fields now the fields are starting to uh, bear up a little bit you know with no snow cover and stuff and especially anything facing the south south hills and stuff you know they're really uh getting good so there you have it, uh, and obviously, Brent, uh, if, if you are able to uh, stay open uh, and people are looking for supplies and stuff like that, you've got blinds, you've got all the hunting uh, stuff that the turkey hunters need um, going forward. Yeah, we've got the turkey calls and some blinds, um, a few decoys, uh, 
and then all the archery equipment a guy needs to go after them. There you go. And one last thing, too. Do you still have in stock that those ghost blinds? Because we've talked about them for quite a while, and a lot of hunters like them. Yeah, they're pretty slick. Uh, unfortunately, right now I do not, but it wouldn't take me long to get one if a guy wanted one. Okay, there you go. It's Brent Beimert, Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. They are just west of Brainerd Baxter on Highway 210. Thanks, Brent, uh, for taking the time. Good luck to you going forward, and we will talk soon. Sounds good, Brian. Thank you. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And a while back, got a chance to sit down with Mr. Ice Fishing, Dave Gens, to talk a little bit about uh, perch fishing for this time of year. He had this to say. Well, you know, the fish are kind of in transition right now. You know, they're leaving the, the mid-lake stuff, and they're and they're start moving towards the shorelines. As soon as that ice goes out, they're up on shore spawning. You know, it's something to remember that the perch have to spawn. They have to string their eggs between uh, standing weeds, so they'll go up in rushes or old weed beds. They don't go up on the rocky shorelines and lay their eggs like the walleyes do. So then you can, as the cedar progresses, you start looking at the shorelines, and that's kind of going to tell you if they're going to go there and spawn or not. Uh, something to think about. I know I did a little perch piece on another lake for uh, Midwest Outdoors, uh, and that's where we were in front of a big big rush bay, and, and all the perch in the in the lake were uh, moving towards that. Kind of interesting, this was a, a smaller lake that has all sizes of perch, mostly small ones, but we were able to catch the biggest first biggest perch out of that system by fishing uh, baits, lures without bait on it. That's interesting. And what if you're somebody, Dave, is actually out on a, a bigger water, say like Mille Lacs? I think one of the big keys if you want to catch jumbo perch out of Mille Lacs is you have to be there at sunrise. And that's when you can actually get in one hole and catch, you know, four, five, six big ones in a row. But once the sun comes up and gets up in the sky, you have to move. You know, so many times just that first drop down a new hole, that biggest fish will race up and, and hit it. you got to be ready for that first drop. You can't just throw it down the hole, that first one, and let, the, let that bait sink down without, uh, without paying attention. You know, you need to... You need to pay attention on that first drop in. And I, I'll usually stop it short off the bottom. I won't drop it all the way to the bottom that first time. Stop it, you know, two, three feet off the bottom. And many times the biggest one that's down there will rush up and grab your bait. We got a lot of small perch. You know, what we did uh, with the uh, Lindy's rattling flyer spoon without any bait on it. When you put bait on a, on a lure, sometimes that's when the smaller fish come up and peck at the bait. With, with no bait on the lure, the little ones... A lot of times won't hit it. They'll rush up to it and and then back off, and the big one comes in and hits it anyway. Have you found better luck jigging or those that fish with slip bombers, or do they both work? Well, they both work. You know, if you are, uh, you know, a more stationary fisherman where you don't move much, then it's a good deal to put on a, a minnow on one and, and jig with another. If you're the uh, mobile fisherman, like a lot of guys are, like myself, I just fish with one line because it just takes more time to, to, to drill two holes and set up two lines. A lot of times, by the time you get your second line, I'm already moving on. But something that is important in, in, in perch fishing is to, to take that lure and take it all the way down to the bottom and bounce it on the bottom. You know, I like to talk, talk about pounding it into the bottom. Just keep shaking that thing and making that bottom sediment puff up because that's what a, that signifies feeding fish because their, their food is down in the, in the bottom. These bug beds, uh, that's where the mayfly larva lives, they're, they're going through a, a transition right now where they're, they'll come out of their little holes that they got in the bottom and start swimming around, and they're, that makes them more susceptible to these perch to get them. So they'll, they'll move on to these, 
fairly hard bottom areas, uh, but shoreline orientated a lot of times in that 30 foot range in Mille Lacs, you know, a few feet deeper, a few feet shallower. And you get in them right areas and there'll be just, just tons of perch all congregated in one spot. Well, there you go. If you're heading out to Mille Lacs to do uh, some perch fishing, there is something that you can take along with you and hopefully have a successful trip. Mr. Ice Fishing, Dave Gens with Ice Team. Dave, as always, uh, thanks for the great information, and we'll talk to you here in the future, okay? Okay, Brian. Thank you. And that'll wrap up this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. You can also stream the show live if you're away from your radio or out of town at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the Listen Live tab, and we're all over all the podcast networks, too, with help from Freedom Firearms and Brainerd. So wherever you download your favorite podcasts, search Brainerd Outdoors and listen that way if you'd like. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thieland Meats, Vimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, S&W Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Ice Sports Custom Fish Houses, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3.